0: You're listening to Snyder & Associates Podcast Series, a civil engineering, planning, and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve quality of life within the communities we serve. The hosts of this episode are Lindsay Beeman and Jared Diedrich. Hi, I'm Lindsay Beeman with Snyder & Associates in our Cedar Rapids location. Today, I'm speaking with Jared Diedrich about wastewater and water certified operators within the state of Iowa. Jared, can you introduce yourself and provide a little bit of background on your experience in this industry?
1: Yes, thanks for having me today. I'm Jared Diedrich, and I've been in the water and wastewater industry for about 15 years now. I started out as an industrial operator, so I have industrial experience at a wastewater facility, and then I was hired on to operate a wastewater facility for a municipal plant. I did that for a few years, and then end up getting the opportunity to work for Schneider, and I was hired on to do some operational stuff as well as construction ops or working within the projects that are needed for these municipalities.
0: Basically, from my experience in working with water and wastewater treatment projects, I know that all of the municipalities in Iowa require certified operators to operate and work at their plants. The grades of water and wastewater certified operators range from one to four, depending on a combination of treatment plants, types, sizes, maybe the flows of water or wastewater treated, and the operators at these publicly owned treatment works are required to hold a certification classification higher than or equal to the plant for which they operate. Jared, you have water and wastewater treatment grades. Can you tell me what certifications you hold and kind of what the day-to-day activities of a certified operator may be?
1: Yeah, so I have a grade 3 wastewater operator certification, a grade 1 water, and a grade 1 distribution certification. A few of the things that operators do on a day-to-day basis is kind of wide-ranging, lots of logs and reports that they would accumulate, and any kind of maintenance on equipment that is needed to operate the plant properly. They're also in charge of distribution systems on the water side and collection systems on the wastewater side any additional monitoring, and then there's also lab work that they potentially could be doing depending on the plant and the DNR requirements. I do have a quick question for you, Lindsay. I know that you are a certified engineer, but you are also a certified operator. Do you find that beneficial for the work that you do?
0: Yeah, actually I do. I have my grade two wastewater license and it's been kind of more of a practice in understanding the community I serve more than it is actually practicing as an operator it doesn't really seem fair to me to be someone who can direct some of the projects that are going to be taken care of by these operators without having a better understanding of the requirements of their roles. So I've been a pretty big advocate of trying to get licensure and understand that, especially with some of the industry demands and the shortfall of staff that we're going to talk about here later, to better understand what is required of operators so that my jobs can better fulfill the needs of their roles. One of the biggest conversations of the industry is that there seems to be a shortfall in the pending future backfill in these careers. What do you believe is causing some of the shortfall?
1: I think the overall amount of water and wastewater operators is on the lower end due to the aging population so that there's a large volume of operators that will be getting ready to retire and the amount of people that are aware and educated on this industry has dwindled just like all the rest of the trades over the last multiple years. So it would be beneficial to do some more educational stuff earlier in high school and college educations. And I know there are some programs that push that route, but I think that in general, a lot of the public doesn't realize that it is a potential career path.
0: At Snyder & Associates, you're serving as a certified operator. How are you filling some of these gaps?
1: A lot of what we looked at when I was brought on was the need for operators and the ability to service smaller communities which typically have the most difficult time backfilling operators and either fill in and operate for these facilities until they can find somebody and get them up to the training or certification that they need or being able to go out and assist other operators with any issues that plants are having.
0: Yeah, Jared, you talked about being able to work for places that don't necessarily need a full-time operator. Maybe that's part of the challenge in staffing is when you don't need a full-time utilization of one employee, getting contract services might be a better solution.
1: Yeah, that is an important thing to bring up because some communities don't need full-time employees and then there's communities that have full-time staff that are trying to run multiple facilities and take care of other needs of the community, whether that be streets, buildings, and facilities that need to be taken care of as well. When operators need additional hands, we are there to assist and help with anything that they would need to take the burden off their shoulders a little bit.
0: It's also not a quick job to backfill as we talked about the path to becoming certified operator takes what years of experience, how long did it take you to get to a certain point?
1: There's several different routes to go. You can go the experience route, which would just need a high school diploma or a GED, but it would take a lot longer because the certification requirement is on how much experience you have. If you pair that with education, you can cut down on the amount of time it takes. Do you think that the education system and views of trade schools overall have impacted this industry?
0: That's a really good question. I think, yes, that over the past, I don't know, decades, that the big decline in industrial trades has impacted this industry, but I think it's also on a rebound. It's behind where it could be, but I believe that there's been a lot better push from the community colleges to promote the local trades and obviously that supply chain of need to, get down to the actual employment market, that's really what drives these jobs. And it might turn itself around, but it takes time and takes conversations and it takes actually getting people in the job market to understand the roles they could play. Like you've said, to really become environmental stewards to your community to really understand and backfill these
1: positions. Right, and it does take some time to get training programs up to where they need to be, getting apprenticeships or other opportunities in that light to push this industry forward with highly certified or qualified individuals.
0: So we talked about a shortage of certified operators within the public, who's at the biggest risk of this shortage?
1: Typically, it's much more difficult for the smaller communities to fill and backfill potential openings that come along. Smaller communities have a harder time because those are the facilities that don't need full-time employees to operate, or they have many different things that they need to be doing within the community. So it's not just operating. They may need some help with taking care of their facilities or not wanting to overstaff that is unneeded when they can just outsource it or contract it out. And a lot of communities have gone that route recently.
0: If a community doesn't have a certified operator, what's the biggest risk?
1: It's probably putting human health and safety at risk by not having an on site operator monitoring operations that could be detrimental to the environment and to the people of that community. When we're operating facilities, essentially we have the whole community's trust in our hands. When you turn on your tap water, we make sure that the drinking water is the best quality that it should be and meets all requirements. A lot of people don't realize that there's a lot that goes into getting that good, clean tap water to your communities.
0: I know that one of my favorite roles that you fill at Snyder and Associates is helping to oversee some construction of major facilities, whether that be water or wastewater treatment, lift stations, et cetera. Sometimes it will feel like the project is completed when construction is completed, and we all know that these projects have a life that go on forever. Oftentimes, that is in the form of assisting an operator or troubleshooting things, and I really would like to hear more about what you can provide for, like, post-construction services.
1: Once the construction is completed and the plant is up and operational, there's always things that are going to come up that you either weren't expecting to happen or just aren't working properly. With the experience of operating multiple different types of plants and the ability to troubleshoot we are able to be on site as needed and help to figure out the best route and see if there's any changes that need to be made. That's another thing that happens when the plans are being built. I will be assisting with going through to make sure that there's nothing that is obvious before we install it to try to limit the amount of changes that need to be made to make it more operational friendly before we install.
0: Jared, you talked about how sometimes the operators that work at these plants are also performing duties throughout the city and maybe sometimes they are stretched thin. Can you talk more about ways that we can help maybe backfill some of their responsibilities?
1: There's a lot of different opportunities. If operators have a lot on their plate and they're trying to manage multiple different things, there's ways that we can help alleviate that either by performing services for them operationally whether that be help lining up lab work for them, being on site to help with maintenance if they would need that, or setting up a maintenance program so that they can have their time lined up better with the other parts of their job that they have to do. So there's some of the things that we can do to help assist these operators that just need a little help to get some of this stuff done, but would benefit from a program of some sort. I
0: like that. It sounds like we can basically help anywhere from 1% to 100% just based on the needs of a specific process
1: or community. and every community is going to be a little bit different depending on their resources and the amount of employees that they have available.
0: I know from my experiences that there are several communities that possibly just need to advance an operator from maybe a grade two to a grade three, and that is something that takes a couple of years of experience under another certified operator. Right. Would that be something else that we could offer?
1: Yes, that's definitely something else we could offer. We would basically come in and be the operator in charge do a lot of the documents and the DNR reporting that would be required while allowing the operator that is lower level certified to increase their certification while still maintaining their position within the community and giving them the opportunity to advance.
0: So we basically help them work us back out of their community?
1: Yes, it'd be a temporary thing where you would just come in and help the community get to where they needed to be to meet their requirements. So, Lindsay, what were some of the ways that you sold this position when you were advocating to bring a certified operator on board?
0: When we decided to hire a grade three operator to have on staff here at Snyder & Associates, a lot of the reasoning for that was because we have clients with needs, whether that is need for some short-term staffing help or just for startup of plants, interpreting engineering design decisions in the field, being just a long-term better solution for the needs of our direct clients. I know in talking with the DNR, they are advocates of providing any support that can be possible in the industry and excited about opportunities like the one that we've created here, because sometimes there is just that need for a little assist with certain communities. Maybe it is to fill a gap between trainees or to fill a gap when there's an illness or retirement. Maybe there is just like Jared had said, part-time needs, and it's hard to find staff for that in the current job environment. It didn't seem like a hard thing to advocate for having an operator on staff because we've seen in the couple of years that Jared has been working with us that we have had plenty of work for him to do as the industry really demands some additional assistance. It's a growing market. So we definitely appreciate having a licensed operator on staff who can really meet the needs of Snyder & Associates clients. One of the biggest things we wanted to address here today was just the importance of having licensed and certified water and wastewater treatment plant operators within the communities. And it's not just to meet compliance. There are EPA mandated rules to protect the health and safety of our communities and the public environments. But some unspoken heroes here, we don't talk enough about how these are public stewards that when you turn on your tap or flush your toilet, If you never have to ever think twice about how you get that water or if it's safe, these are your heroes of your communities, and maybe we should do a better job of promoting how important they are. I mean, we have communities full of families, infants, elderly, emergency responders need to be able to tap into a fire hydrant without thinking twice, hospitals need consistent flow of water, industries, et cetera. Within the Midwest, at least, it's never a second thought about where your clean drinking water is coming from. This is a really important industry, and we obviously need to support them in their roles and make sure that they can really successfully give back to our community and our environment.
1: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Another thing that would be helpful going forward is if we can get leadership and communities to advocate for their operators to make sure that they are equipped and have the things that they need to do their job to the best of their abilities. That would go a long ways to feel the support from a community to make sure that operators that are on staff feel comfortable with where they're at and keep moving forward with positive outcomes.
0: Because maybe it might not be as easy for a city council to understand it directly from one mouth. Maybe they want to hear a bigger industry voice. I think we could certainly help with that.
1: Yes, that would be an opportunity to help share some knowledge, experience, and some of the difficulties that communities face. Maybe help enlighten the public a little bit for the community to understand better what operators do, what their roles are, and how that can be a part of moving operators in the right direction.
0: Jared, thanks for talking to me today about this really important topic and for being an advocate for the water and wastewater industry. Obviously, the need for certified operators is huge because it's really the lifeblood of our communities to continue getting clean and affordable access to drinking water. Snyder and Associates would be happy to continue this conversation and help in any way possible from a very minimal assistance to full-time services or with any needs that might arise. Do you have any other follow-up comments you'd like to add?
1: I just think that this is a very beneficial topic to cover. It's something that needs to be discussed more often. It also needs to be discussed within communities, especially when they are starting to see retirements and shortfalls impact their community. And look forward to progressing this and seeing where this leads us.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Snyder & Associates' podcast series. A civil engineering, planning, and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve quality of life within the communities we serve. Find content related to this episode on Snyder-Associates.com.